what a way to welcome fans back into State Farm Stadium. In week two, the Arizona Cardinals hosting the Minnesota Vikings, coming out with a nail-biting 34-33 victory as the Vikings kicker missed a 37-yard field goal. And it kind of allowed us to take a deep breath, right? Uh, a deep sigh of relief. But welcome back to another episode of the Morning Scramble presented by Verizon. I'm your host, Felipe Corral Jr. And we are live on the Arizona Cardinals Twitter page. And let's introduce the squad, right? The great Jody Jackson, Cardinals insider Craig Rilu, and ex-Arizona Cardinals offensive lineman Rolando Cantu. Guys, like I said, a good sigh of relief, a much-needed victory. The Cardinals are now 2-0. And how about we get into the main dish? And before we get into the nid and grits, the stats, the analysis, let's hear from Cliff Kingsbury because I am assuming that he has a lot of game balls to give away. And I'm crossing my fingers that Vance Joseph is one of them. Coach. Game balls. First one against his hometown team, career highs in catches and yards. Seven for 94, Max Rondell Moore. First career TD. Matt Prater, longest ever on club history. Kyle Murray. Most rushing TDs as a QB in Cardinals history. Let's keep working, taking it day by day. We gotta be better in practice. Let's go, man. I love this team. Cardinals on three. One, two, three. Cardinals. Unfortunately, Cliff Kingsbury did not give Vance Joseph a game ball, but he should have. The adjustments he made in the second half were pivotal to the team's outcome uh, yesterday. But let's continue with the main dish, Jody. What you like from yesterday's 34 to 33 victory? Well, there was a lot to like, and Felipe, you talked about it. I mean, it gave those fans in the building a moment. I mean, everyone at home watching, I mean, just all Cardinals fans were so thankful that it worked out. And yeah, I mean, that 37 yard field goal, it's, it's likely you play the percentages and he was going to make it, but Greg Joseph's still a young player. And I just had a feeling I missed an extra point. Um, I don't know. I just had a feeling about it. So <laughs> when it happened, I wasn't, completely shocked, which is really weird, but you know what? The Cardinals did a lot of good things. There were, there is a lot to clean up like Kyler Murray said after the game, but, um, and we're going to break down a lot of those things, but we saw Rand Rondell Moore really emerge as a, as a top target. We saw Max Williams come out in this game. So I mean, and Kyler Murray was unbelievable. Once again, defensively, it was a little bit upsetting to see 142 rushing yards for the Vikings in that first half. And uh, let's face it, the Vikings kind of ambushed the Cardinals out of the gate. Right. And you saw the deep pass and, um, you know, that was something that, again, part of the cleanup effort. Um, but all in all, it's a W. There are not any points for style in the NFL. It's wins and losses. Cardinals are 2-0. and And Craig, I mean, that's really what matters. Jody, you call it luck, call it fortunate. Bottom line, you call it a win. And at the end of the season, no one cares how you got those Ws as long as you got those Ws. But what I really liked was what happened post-game. Just the... The, the facial expressions, the mannerisms from head coach Cliff Kingsbury to all the players that spoke in the media room, just that they were not happy. Yeah, you get the win, but there was so much that went wrong in that game, whether it was the first half or late in the game, especially not being able to control your own destiny and run out the clock, giving the Vikings another opportunity at what would have been the game-winning field goal. So I like the demeanor and everyone looking forward now to correcting mistakes. And Rolando, certainly it's easier to correct those mistakes after a win, but there were a lot of mistakes made on Sunday. 
For sure. And whenever the visiting team jumps on you, I mean, it, it's tough. At one point, we're 20 to 7 down, and you're kind of like broadcasting the game. You're like, okay, this can go really bad if, if the Vikings score again, right? And then it became a shootout, guys, right? The uh, Both offenses were kind of, you know, going towards our game plan. Obviously, our defense was struggling versus the run D. And, and I think um, at the end of the day, it's going to happen. Not every single game you're going to have the, the Nashville game, right, versus the Tennessee Titans where everything is there. Dalvin Cook, excellent player. I mean, he came out and he was running the ball between the tackles. They were running zone scheme. I mean, every big boy on that Vikings offensive line was making sure they were on their blocks. They were moving, reestablishing that line of scrimmage. And at the end of the day, the Cardinals, you know, got you. Sometimes you need luck, guys. And we got that lucky draw at the end of the game. It was great. We, we actually jinxed in on the Spanish broadcast. Felipe was there. We did the little sangre venao que cruce por un lado, which means, Jody, you know, please let the blood of the of the of the horse kick that ball to the right side. And it worked. So, um, yeah, we were happy up there at the broadcasting booth. And what about the environment, guys? Packed house at State Farm Stadium. I mean, you can just hear the building vibrate at the end of the game. I was um, talking about being happy. I was anticipating you bringing in another breakfast sandwich like you spoiled us with uh, yes. last week. Since you are the, the official morning scramble chef, but there's no sandwich. So my, automatically, my mood kind of just simmered down a little bit. But hopefully... I they, apologize, they Felipe. I got to do a grocery run at some point, but it's victory interview Monday for me. So I got to jump on all these uh, networks to talk to Cardinal <laughs> football. That's where we're at, buddy. By the way, if you haven't already seen it, a great feature piece in the Arizona Republic on one Rolando Cantu. So we are in the midst of a star here on Morning Scramble. Let's not forget about that. We're just glad you found the time to join us here. I know, right? Appreciate that, I I read that this and yesterday morning as part of my game day prep. Man, that got me fired up because you deserve it. You've been doing this. You've been been really, uh, from when you played and when I covered you as a player to now and, and all that you've done and so, gosh, it's a love fest this right is, now for Rolando, is, but you deserve it. This, this you is see, you, Felipe, you try and segment. break out the, the breakfast sandwich, oh. and it just kind of turned on you, man. Yeah, you know, right. Now, yeah. now, now <laughs> we're talking about the, the game day articles is, uh, here. Rolando scramble or something like that. But <laughs> switching gears, Craig, 400, and, uh, 400 passing yards from Kyler Murray, but 94 of those passing yards went to the tight end, Max Williams. What you see from him differently in week two? I'm just very happy for him, first and foremost, against the hometown team. You know, a a Minnesota native went to Minnesota for college and now beating the Vikings at State Farm Stadium. But for him, and it it, it seemed like everything clicked when he had that deflection and the ball just kind of floated into his arms. And Kingsbury even acknowledged that that's when kind of things clicked for them offensively. But if Max Williams can stay healthy this season, guys, and I know that's a big if for everyone, but I do like the ability of the tight end. They're not going to get a lot of targets, but the middle of that field can be wide open more times than not, especially when you got to concentrate on D-Hop on one side, A.J. Green on the other, Kirk and Rondell Moore on the slot. Those tight ends, whether they start at the line of scrimmage or flex out as a wide receiver, I think they can be one of those, maybe not a lot of catches, but when are those catches made? on second and long, third and long, and certainly in the red zone. So very happy for Max Williams with a career-high day. Jody, 
And it's not always rainbows and butterflies. Obviously, there's a lot of room for improvement. And one of those areas is the, the run defense. Dalvin Cook, 176 rushing yards. And again, Vance Joseph made the necessary adjustments in the second half, only holding Cook to 35 yards on nine attempts. But what in what areas do they need to improve to prevent that type of, of day from another running back? Well, I think Rolando talked about that too, what they were running offensively. They were on a mission and um, you even saw in the passing game, beating the team on screens, um, beating the Cardinals defense on screens and they, because they saw what happened in Tennessee and, and they were not going to let that happen once again, you know, where Derrick Henry was bottled up. And so look, they came out with a lot of motivation and a great push. And I think a lot of guys graded out poorly on defense, whether, you know, and it's not just the linebackers. I think everyone was immediately thinking about the linebacking core, just the entire front seven. Um, you know, Cook was finding seams. He was finding gaps. And and that is what they had. And, you know, credit to him on some of those runs. He, he's a great back. He's not going to be all power. He's going to he's going to cut back. He's going to bring you the quickness there. So credit to Dalvin Cook on a few of those plays. And also he looked like he was pretty beat up in that game as well. So, you know, the Cardinals defense did again, Felipe, you hit on it just 35 yards for Cook in that second half. I know he was a little bit dinged up, but um, you know, this was just a battle. This was an offensive shootout. Rolando used that word and, and they were going to do whatever they had to do. And they did. And the Cardinals, you know, fought back as well. It did come down to the kick, but uh, these are two teams that had a lot of offensive firepower out there. So you know, they'll learn from it. They weren't going to dominate a team, I, I don't think, um, defensively like they did the Titans. So uh, you take that and, and you and you feel good about it, but you take this one and you learn from it. Rolando, where does the adjustment happen for the defense? Is it on the defensive line? Is it on the linebackers? Is it a, a collective effort? What did you see in that second half? Well, of course, it's a collective effort. Everybody's got to do their job. But in the second half, I saw our, rota our defensive rotation, our defensive linemen just kind of, be have more presence in the game. They were not going to just get blown off the line, right? Because they were just reestablishing the line. And most of these runs from Cook was was a cutback, man. He would stud for, he would, and he's a great back because he starts front side and he lets his offensive linemen work. He positions them to kind of block first. And then he looks for that opening really quick. And the second half, the aggressive was there. Everybody was holding the ground. That's how come we got, you know, Jordan Hicks in there. You got Isaiah Simmons kind of, you know, coming down for those those blocks, those uh, tackles. Two tackles that really impressed me, guys. The first one, Corey Peters. I mean, he just he just bear-hugged the dude right on the line of scrimmage, fell on him. I mean, that was the first time Cook kind of took his breath and, you know, took a little, about 20 seconds on the floor and said, okay, let, 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 me, let, let me get back up here. And the other one was late in the, in the fourth quarter, J.J. right off, uh, you know, off the line, coming down like a bullet. I mean, he fell on the, on the backside of, of his legs, right? That was another, you know, hard, hard tackle. And Jody said said it perfectly. I mean, this guy was not was on a mission. He was not going to quit. Obviously, all these hits, eventually your body says, okay, it's week two. Am I going to continue this effort or not? And it, it takes a lot, to be honest with you, because it was a physical game. I like the matchup. Obviously, the Cardinals did not – do what they did in, in versus Titans. But at the end of the game, I saw that same effort. And that's the effort, Craig, that you have to build on. You have to continue to, to put your players in positions to say, hey, this is what we got. And eventually we are going to become a better run defense. And I like the, the, the close of this game. Just keep this in mind. The first two weeks, you're talking about the two best running backs in the National Football League, Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook. And watch what Henry did to the Seahawks 
on Sunday. The Cardinals shut him out. But more importantly than that, there was no touchdowns. Henry and Cook were held out of the end zone by this Cardinals defense. So as bad as it looked in the first half on Sunday, the script was flipped in the second half. And they did, the defense did just enough to allow the offense to get back in this ball game. And I think we're going to see more of these kind of games. I mean, this is an offensive-driven league. The, the, the rules are geared towards the offense. We're going to see shootouts like this. And for a defense, you're just looking for one more stop. And the Cardinals were able to get several stops in that second half. Just one more note before we move on. Kirk Cousins had 150 passing yards in the first half, uh, 13 to 15. In the second half, he only had 94 passing yards. So that, again, another testament to Vance Joseph making the necessary adjustment. But how about we get to That's My Jam, our favorite play of the game. There's a lot to unpack a lot of highlights from the first half the second half our favorite highlight of course being that 37 yard missed field goal as time expired of course but jody would you like from that 77 yard touchdown well yeah the 77 yarder to rondell moore his first touchdown was special i think so much happened in that final 315 of that first half uh and i think rolanda you said it earlier in this show you said look it's you're down 20 to 7 you have got to score there once or twice. And and they did. And Kyler Murray ran one in from uh, 12 yards out, which was a beautiful play. Uh, and he, he was able to uh, dodge defenders there, run it up the middle and then Rondell Moore. So this is a great example again of Kyler Murray. This is not just now, we know this now, this is his third year. I mean, we're going to see these amazing plays on the run. He's going to scramble and, uh, and make, terrific plays to these wide receivers and Rondell Moore. I love what he said. He said, hopefully he sees me down there and he was just standing there and no wonder, cause he kind of had a moment to think about it. I think he said like, I just hope I catch it. And you know, when you're standing there waiting for the ball and it's coming right at you, I guess that's what you would be thinking, but yeah, he ran it in and uh, love to see that. That made it, let me just check the score at that point. Cause it was crazy. Things were going on so quickly at that point, but yeah, it's, it's 21-20 right there. So to me, that was a pivotal play. Love the play. He ended up seven catches for 114 yards. And even though DeAndre Hopkins, you know, wasn't as much of a factor as you would have liked to have seen, uh, although that first one was huge because you had to respond in that moment. Um, so that first one to Hopkins, um, I could get used to that. You know, Murray to Hopkins, right, pretty early in the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Rondell Moore, that's my jam. What about you, Craig? Well, how I just uh, I'm piggybacking off that, Jared, how about the throw by Kyler Murray? As a right-handed quarterback, you're moving to your left and you're throwing basically across your body. That that's that's very difficult to do. Not a lot of quarterbacks are able to do it. Yet, I think we're growing accustomed to Kyler Murray being able to make those kind of throws. So it's just the norm for him. I'm going to go with another Rondell Moore play right before the end of the first half. I went back and looked at it a couple of different times this morning again. Ten seconds to go. Kyler Murray finds Moore in the left flat. And at that point... I'm yelling in my head, get out of bounds, get out of bounds for another play. Now Moore takes it inside, cuts back right, and then back inside, makes two defenders look silly, and then had the presence of mind to look at the scoreboard, see the clock, stepped out of bounds with one second to go, and got just enough yards to set up Matt Prater for a franchise record 62-yard field goal. So, And this is a rookie. This is, this is Rondell Moore that, you know, you make one – mistake on that play and the clock expires now all of a sudden that's a mental mistake and you're on the other end of, of, of a coach's conversation so I like the poise and the 
football IQ of Rondell Moore in that play. What about for you, Rolando? Guys, I, I like your jams, both of you. Rondell Moore, I mean, that's a football player right there. That, that, that intelligence, that awareness to kind of step out was incredible. For me, guys, I mean, back-to-back, Kyler Murray, fourth and, fa- fourth and five, stepping back, back foot, kind of throwing that buck, that ball, chunking it, little rainbow effect to Christian uh, Kurt. That's my jam right there. We see it week in, week out. But let, let's be honest. When we, we usually see a quarterback kind of scrambling back with two defenders in his face, it, it doesn't go well most of the time in the NFL. And this guy somehow pulls it, somehow avoids the contact, the big contact. Because if you're smart, you, you can do that. You have that instinct to kind of just, you know, brush off the, the, the big hit. But if you don't, I mean, that's 600 pounds on top of your body. And, and I think um, our quarterback, Kyler Murray, is doing a great job. That, that effect that he puts on the ball is, is just pure talent because most quarterbacks um, that we've seen that usually try and make a play like this, improvise, Usually it doesn't come out the, the way it should be. And I liked it. Christian Kirk, wow. I mean, this guy is, in, is on a roll here. First week he showed up big time. Now at home in front of the hometown uh, crowd, he really did a great job. That was my jam for me. Fourth and fifth clutch play. I think it's going to be something for the highlights at the end of the season. Just touching on Christian Kirk, he had three receptions, 64 yards, but he averaged 21.5 yards per reception. I feel like every time he caught a ball, it was significant. You know, you you saw that 19-yard grab in the second quarter that really extended the play and allowed the Cardinals to, I believe they scored on that specific play when he got hit by three different players. So, you know, it says a lot about the trust that they're having. I mean, Kyler threw that into that tiny window. Another unbelievable connection between those two guys. I mean, it's just... It's, it looks like such a well-oiled machine when they're when they're doing that. But yeah, credit to Christian for making some fantastic catches. And as I was looking down on the stats, I told myself, man, this wide receiver group is really having a day. Then I checked the stats post game, and they actually had as a wide receiver group, they had 278 yards, the second highest total in week two, and they were second in yards after catch. So you know you're starting to see that chemistry between Kyler Murray and, and that wide receiver group, which which is going to be good. You just you start imagining, man, imagine in week 10 once they really get into a rhythm. So I'll end this specific segment with that A.J. Green stiff arm. And I tweeted at Good Morning, at Good Morning Football, I hope this is a candidate for their angry runs segment because that stiff arm that resulted in a touchdown, you know, in week one he had six targets, only two catches. But this week they finally targeted him and he actually had a touchdown, something that we've all been looking forward to. You know, we, we see the, the talent we saw him performed during training camp and we were all waiting for this specific moment and AJ Green showed up you can tell he was excited he put like his hands up he was like finally I got a touchdown (laughs) uh type of thing so it's always good to see when when all your wide receivers are performing at a high level last week it was Christian Kirk this week was Ronda Moore and you sprinkle in some AJ Green D-hop is always in a D-hop so that's a good trend moving forward so that's it for my jam let's move on to our rise and shine. Let's see who performed to the level of expectation. Jody, I, I kind of have a guess. I think all the bird gang has a guess as to who you're going to talk about. Well, I mean, and, and this was really the case a lot last year on this show. Kyler Murray. I mean, this team is going to go as Kyler Murray goes, because as Craig mentioned, and I can't stress this enough, watching all the games this past weekend, it's an offensive league more than ever. And it's all on the quarterback. 
I mean, I get it. You can run when you uh, need to run. Like last week in Tennessee, it did work out. They were able to run clock. It doesn't didn't work that well this week. Uh, of course, the play calling was a little bit different down the stretch. But, you know, this is the way this league is going. And we saw it with Tom Brady. We saw it last night with Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. And you've got this guy that is literally everyone describes as a video game. And so, you know, you've got Kyler Murray with such talent. He's putting it together with the better decision-making uh, more committed and decisive out there. Um, committed meaning, I don't mean committed to the game. He's always been committed to that. I, I mean, as far as like just the knowledge, that third year, it's no coincidence he's looking more confident. But yeah, I could, we, we've already described a number of the plays, so I, I won't take you through all of them. But again, 400 yards. And then we have a little note here. Uh, we always love the notes on the Monday morning, or maybe this came out last night, but from Mark Dalton, uh, last week, as we know, four passing TDs, a rushing TD at Tennessee, then three and one yesterday. So first player in NFL history with at least three passing touchdowns and one rushing TD in the first two games of the season. Uh, he did in the first three years, you know, what took uh, a bunch of years for the Cardinals franchise record for rushing touchdowns. Every week, guys, I feel like he's putting up crazy numbers and crazy stats and breaking records. And so what we're seeing is special. And he's evolving. He's maturing. There's still work to do. Yes. Um, but I love it. And so he's my rise and shine player. And he probably will be many more times for one of us going down the stretch here uh, the rest of the game. It's only week two and it's been unbelievable. Is it going to get harder? Maybe. But I don't know. This week, I expect him to do the same thing. I really do. Um, so, Craig, how about you? What player yeah, stood if, out for you? If, if you've got a quarterback, you've got a chance. And the Cardinals have a quarterback and one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the NFL. For me, I'm going to go back to Rondell Moore. I'm a big fan of his. I love when he speaks because he's so matter-of-fact and very focused on what needs to get done that particular day and never look too far ahead. But over 100 receiving yards at halftime, finished with a team best, 114 for the game. And then let's not forget about his ability on special teams, the punt return the kick return he can be so dynamic in two different phases in this game that this is something that this team hoped that they had had two years ago with Andy Isabella has not worked out so they've looked to go another option and that option is Rondell Moore and I like what he's able to do in the slot and just the yards after catch he leads the league with more than 14 yards after the catch and that's something that this team offensively struggled with uh, a year ago it's one thing to make the catch but make a defender miss and then all of a sudden you're getting that extra 5 10 15 yards to extend a drive so my rise and shine player the rookie Rondell Moore all right Rolando you're up well I, I agree with you with your rise and shine uh Greg but I'm just bummed because I didn't put him on my fantasy. I had him on the bench, and Felipe did not oh. tell me about him that he was going to have a breakout day. But anyways, my you fire that general manager of yours. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm 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 all over the place. He's a must play. I know. No, Come from on. now on, he's on the active roster regardless of what happens. Um, yeah, I think uh, my rise and shine. I have to go with D Hop. You know, this guy set the tone early. He was with Patrick Peterson. Obviously, the stats doesn't reflect what he can actually produce every single week. I think it was four for 54, an average of 13.5, and he had that touchdown, that scramble touchdown again. Every time Kyler scrambles, you know, it's it's to the point now where a play is really going to happen. I, I think when you have a, a quarterback that's young, it's like, okay, it's hit or miss. Now, I mean, he 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 buys time, and, and his receivers are adjusting, and D-Hop knows exactly where he needs to be. 
I, I would have wanted to see D-Hop a little bit more involved in the second half. But let me tell you something I saw from our broadcast booth. Every time somebody else will score, D-Hop was right there congratulating him. Nothing. It, this is a team, a collective effort. And the numbers that Felipe talked about with the receiving core, I think it, it's it it's known. I mean, D-Hop is going to the, – the attention for the rival defenses will be on D-Hop. Everybody else has to eat, and I think it's just going to get better. Once we need uh, a big play and, and and the sure first down, I think DeAndre Hopkins needs to be involved. And I like it. The way he just catches the ball, the way he pivots, the way he just goes after, uh, you know, for, for, for the first downs, it's something that you know you have it in your back pocket. You just have to utilize it and be very smart about it. So for me, my rise and shine player this week, DeAndre Hopkins. You know, I always like when you guys make references. And Rolando right there, he said, we know D-Hop likes to eat. Well, on the morning scramble, we'd like to eat as well. But going to your point about fantasy football, Rondamore actually had, well, depending on your league, if you're in a 12 or in a deeper league, he might have got it in you like 22 fantasy points. In a standard league, he probably got you around 25 fantasy points. Seven receptions, 113 yards, an average of 13 of uh, 16.3 yards per reception. What a field day for him. You know, it's it's always good to have D-Hop because one week it can be, again, Christian Kirk like he did in week one. A second week it can be A.J. Green and Ronda Moore. So much to unpack. Kyler Murray actually had 400 passing yards. And I kind of – and the reason I bring that up is because I feel a lot of the times his play, his passing ability gets kind of, you know – overshadowed by, you know, his scrambling ability, his rushing ability and whatnot. But 400 passing yards, that was the highest in the NFL in week two. Of course, there's still a Monday night football game. Who knows if Aaron Rodgers would would top that. But I'm going to finish it with probably the best, everyone's favorite uh, rise and shine player of the game. And that is Matt Prater. You know, it's always funny because we're talking about kickers, so you would never expect. Like, we've talked about Kyler Murray. We've talked about Rondo Moore and, and all these. You got to give him his these, props, man. Yeah, he, he, yeah. he did it. He yeah, did Matt it. Prater, 62-yard field goal. Uh, that's a franchise record. That's It's finally, like, another sigh of relief, right? Oh, we've, we have a kicker that can, if you're at the 60-yard line, you're going to kick a 60-yard field goal or, or whatnot. And um, it's good. it's always good to have a kicker, you know? I, I remember one time Aaron <laughs> yes, Rodgers said, I remember one time Aaron Rodgers said, you know, you go as far as your kicker goes, you know, because in those tough moments when you're down by three, you know, it's the playoffs or something of that nature. It's always good to have someone that can knock you in a 62-yard field goal. Matt Prater is my rise and shine. That's the most popular rise and shine of this segment because it's a kicker, and kickers need love too, all right? <laughs> all right, Jody, let's bring it home the bacon. Tell me what you got, what you got cooking up. Well, I hate to disappoint you guys, but I don't have deli bacon today even, and I didn't cook my own. So it's it's early for like cooking meat, you know, in the kitchen. I don't know. But Rolando last week, I don't think any of us can top what he had, that ridiculous sandwich. With, it had pork on it from Nashville and everything. But look, I'm going to go with bring home the bacon. You know, we've talked about a lot of the things that happened yesterday. So what I was noticing is that more and more guys are going on Twitter. So this is just kind of my theme. Okay. Taylor Lewan last week, apologizing for being horrible against Chandler Jones and Chandler, you know, had the five sacks. And then Chandler even went on Twitter yesterday. Hey, sorry for not getting to the quarterback. And then, and then I saw the Jaguars just basically apologizing to their fan base for uh, not being very good at all. And uh, telling them to stay patient and all that. So 
As we bring home the bacon, I think the key is, you know, you just, you don't want to be that team apologizing. You want to keep pressing forward. You, you want to come out on top this week against the Jaguars. You're 3-0. and You don't want to let your guard down at all, which I don't think this team will do. They know how hard it is to go out on the road, no matter how, um, you know, the team that you're facing is struggling. But, you know, this is a, a Cardinal team that we talked about it on the previous show um, a couple weeks ago. I said this offense can get rolling to the point where they can be unstoppable. And at times they are the only ones that can stop themselves. You know, when we see a penalty or we see a miscue, but um, even when you see um, mistakes or miscommunication, Kyler Murray makes up for it a lot of the time with his legs and can still make something crazy happen. So this team is far and away uh, one of the more elite teams offensively, Uh, the additions that they made, and then just the maturation of Kyler Murray I expect that to continue. But what we're seeing here with two weeks in a row with this team piling up crazy numbers on offense, it's very, very real. Now, is it going to be different when you face an NFC West team? Potentially, of course. And they have had trouble with the Rams. We know that. But I like what I'm seeing. This team, again, defensively, I think they're going to be back at it. What we saw against Tennessee a little more this week against that Jaguars club and all will be well right there. But they did make some adjustments, as Felipe pointed out a couple of times, and, and that was good to see. But that, that was a dogfight yesterday. And I don't know where the Vikings are going to end up at the end of the day. We don't know how good this Minnesota Vikings team is. But they were gritty. They were scrappy. Uh, Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook were doing whatever they needed to do to keep pace in this game. But as you know, Paul Calvisi yesterday was talking to Cliff Kingsbury, and as he went away, as they wrapped up the interview, he said, do you think the football gods kind of owed you this one? I think we would all agree that they probably did because last year we saw uh, the kicker and, and that situation lose a couple of games for the Arizona Cardinals. Hey, there's no shame in winning this way. I truly feel that way. This is the NFL. I mean, would have like State Farm Stadium, we've seen some crazy games there, but um, that's my bring home the bacon is just keep pressing on. Don't slip up, don't trip up and don't hurt yourselves because this Cardinal team, if they don't shoot themselves in the foot and, and make mistakes that hurt themselves, particularly on, on offense, they can be unstoppable. Craig, you see how, how competitive this division is. How important is it for the Cardinals to capitalize on opponents like the Jaguars? Because maybe these, these specific games, I come back to haunt them if they let up and they, for whatever reason, they don't come out with the victory. How important is it to take advantage of every opportunity, especially in the NFC West? It's huge. You have to be able to keep pace. And as you watch what was unfolding on Sunday, the Seahawks lost. They're the only team in the division with one defeat. You look around the league, seven undefeated teams, three are in the NFC West. So this game this week at Jacksonville is huge. It's a very dangerous game. But let's flash back a year ago. 2-0, you host the Detroit Lions in a game that was very winnable. Should have won. You didn't. And you fell one game short of making the postseason. This is a must-win game. This is a should-win game. It's a more talented Cardinals team going to play the Jaguars. But it's also at the same time a dangerous game because you don't want to look ahead and all of us start thinking about the Rams on the other side. If there's someone that I enjoy listening to talk about the offensive line is our own ex-offensive lineman, Rolando Cantu. Rolando, I know the stats, you know, the Kyler Murray stats are impressive. I know the wide receiver uh, stats are impressive. But there was a lot of times when there, where this offensive line wasn't necessarily excelling in pass protection. What do they need to improve on? 
Well, they need to have a great week of, of practice. And like Craig said, don't don't let it become a trap game. And, and it starts in practice, man. You have to get over the victory of the Vikings and you have to get back to work. And yes, there were some uh, some problems there in the protection. Uh, Daniel Hunter had a great game. Let's be honest. You know, one on one matchups. He was on on the edges. He was coming in and, and Kyler was had to, you know, buy some time. And in the first half it was. But then he kind of measured where Kyler was stepping and kind of the sack came. And then, you know, it, it just became a protection scheme. And, and once that happens, you, you have to just go back to the basics and you have to win the individual battles. I would want to see Felipe a little bit more run game. We saw it in Nashville, you know, that those last 11 minutes, that was, that was dominance by the offensive line running the ball effectively. What, what happened, you know, here at home, we couldn't just get, we couldn't do it. And, and sometimes you're not going to do it. And it, it has to be a collective effort. Everybody has to be on the same page. And I think we have the vets in place, starting with Ronnie Hudson, starting with DJ Humphreys. Those guys just need to get the ball moving. And, and once that happens and the run game becomes a solid component to what Kingsbury and Kyler can put on the field, I think it's going to be a lot better than what we've been seeing in these first two weeks. All right, y'all, that wraps up week two. And let's get some quick appetizers in as we preview week three's matchup as the Arizona Cardinals visit the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jody, a quick, what's your favorite appetizer? And give me that quick bite, quick 30 seconds of what you're looking forward to in that Ooh, week three matchup. Well, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a long day, and I think it's been rough. Uh, his debut was a little bit better than this past week, so I think it could be another feast for Chandler Jones and company. Craig? What's your who's who's someone that you're looking forward to seeing excel that hasn't necessarily performed to the level of expectation, maybe, or that he personally, I'm pretty sure these players know, man, I could have played better. Who's one of those players for you? I'll go back to what Rolando said about the run game, whether it's Chase Edmonds or James Conner, maybe this is the week that they get going. This Jaguars defense, they have no takeaways. No interceptions, no fumble recoveries at all. And we know the offense just hasn't been able to get on track. So this might be one of those games in which you can do some different things, maybe even work on some things, but not until you get to that two or three score lead. Don't play around. Don't waste any time. Punch the Jaguars in the month from the get-go and then dial it back a little bit. Get out of Jacksonville with the W, healthy, and then you can start looking at the Rams. And you punch them in the mouth, Felipe with two guys that I think are going to have a great game. One is D-Hop because, you know, former Texan, played in the same division. I think with that uh, perimeter that uh, Jacksonville has, he's got a great shot at just becoming dominant from the get-go. And on the defensive side, J.J. J.J. has to have a great game. And, you know, we saw him in Nashville. He he was saying hi to the fans. You know, he's got his fan club also in Jacksonville. I think it's going to be uh, a great game for those two guys. Well, that does it for us. Don't forget to catch the week three matchup. There's on Cardinals visit the Jacksonville Jaguars, 10 a.m. kickoff. And then on Monday, why don't you get up a little bit early, get your little your coffee, your appetizers, your, your main dish, and join us on the morning scramble, 10 a.m. on the Arizona Cardinals Twitter page presented by Verizon. That's it for us. That's the Breakfast Club. I'm Felipe Corral Jr., Jody Jackson, Craig Grillo, and Rolando Cantu. We'll catch you guys next time.